welcome to the Best Friends Fancast. We are an Allison Rosen fan podcast. I am your host, Rafael Marquez Castaneda, aka Rowdy Rafi Piper, aka the Nacho Man Rafi Savage, aka Young Seinfeld Reference, aka ASAP Rafi. You ain't got no Rafi in your Serato? AKA the blue bubble boy. Don't text me with those green bubble android pieces of shit. AKA Henny Blanco. <laughs> AKA Henny Loggins. AKA Rafi Dangerfield. AKA DJ Scratch and Sniff. <laughs> AKA Rafer Troutman. <laughs> I'm still not done. AKA Bitches Say I'm Tacky Daddy Range Look Like Rafi Rafi. AKA. AKA's Four Days. That was a special request from uh, Jen uh, for me to do my AKs. I don't normally do those. But uh, your other host, uh, Lisa Lowry, could not be with us yet again for the third time in a row. Uh, she apparently lost her voice on her vacation to Memphis. and uh, But she did send us a little message that I'll play uh, here in a minute. But to make up for the fact that we're down a host, I made sure to get a great guest. So welcome from the Fresh is the Word podcast, first time guest, Kelly Frazier. A.K.A. K-Fresh, A.K.A. Uh, Kelly Kell, A.K.A. Kells, A.K.A. <laughs> DJ Kelly Kell, A.K.A. Um, the Rap Star. <laughs> A.K.A. Um, Hood Famous. A.K.A. Uh, that's about it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect. Uh, thank you for being on, first of all. Yes, man. It sounds like a lot of fun to do this podcast. It's, it's a, I'm a podcaster that's on a podcast about another podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's how we get down over here. Next week, we're all going to be live at Lisa's house. Uh, so... Make sure to listen to that show because it's going to be a shit show. Uh, hopefully, this one goes a little bit smoother. But uh, so introduce yourself. Why is it going to be a shit show next week? Is there going to be a lot of alcohol involved? Of course, there's always a lot of alcohol when uh, we're all at Lisa's house, and also there's going to be like probably close to like ten of us in her house. So, oh, it's going to be crazy. Uh oh, uh, I don't, I, I don't know what's going to what's going to what's going to happen. Once the, the the tape is no longer rolling, once you're not recording, what what's what's going to happen afterwards? Uh, well, her refrigerator repairman is going to be coming over for like the seventh time, and so we're probably going to beat him to death because he can't fix her refrigerator. So that's the first first of all we're doing that. <laughs> Second of all, we're going Burr. to her neighbor Rick's house. We're probably going to beat him to death. So just like felonious activities of all sorts are going to be going on. Uh, but so I just murder all night. <laughs> Lots of murder. Uh, I hear that's pop. Uh, that's how you get your uh, podcast to be popular, right? Yeah, murder. You you got to become a murderer, <laughs> and then you have to have a story behind it, and um, all sorts of like weird people. Like I I'm assuming one of those people over there has some sort of a a weird thing that they do. I don't know. Like, do they? You know, they. I don't know. Play play Nintendo with their cat or something. I don't know. Shout out to Trice. Uh, he doesn't have a cat, I don't think, actually. But, uh, yeah, for sure. We got the weird people. We got that on lock already. Uh, but can you uh, tell us a little about yourself? Uh, 
you know, anything that we need to know and like your Allison origin story, how you got into Allison's show. All right. Um, basically my, you know, I'm really involved in like the music scene here in Detroit for a long time since like the late nineties. Uh, um, I haven't really been doing it lately, but you know, in the past I've DJed and I was a music journalist, uh, for, um, for, I was a music journalist for some of the, like, the local uh, weekly alternatives. It was called uh, Real Detroit Weekly. And then after that, I actually was a contributor for the Huffington Post and um, wrote about music. Um, had some really amazing interviews with uh, some very famous people. Um, and then um, recently, I do the Fresh is the Word podcast that um, kind of uh, – I've done like websites like about music in the past, but then – I kind of wanted my own – after, like, the Real Detroit thing and the Huffington Post thing, I wanted my own sort of project, again, that's just mine, you know? So I started doing the podcast, and I, that was just kind of built off all the all the connections and everybody that's in my network. Um, I started it after a really bad time in my life that I was, like, uh, in a really sort of – abusive relationship you know she you know I, I was the one being abused kind of and um so i just wanted my own project so i started doing that and uh the original idea was mostly about music and wrestling but the wrestling part was kind of hard to do uh so i just continued to do the music thing i always liked interviewing people but i'd say over the past year it's really finally found its legs uh with fresh as the word to where um I can where I'm interviewing people the way I want to interview and I've expanded towards just pop culture in general. So I've been interviewing a lot of comic book creators, uh, some wrestlers, you know, a few times I've had like comedians and a lot of music people on there. So it's, it's finally getting, it's fine. The, the format of the show is finally where, where I kind of want it to always be along with just, evolving as a person and my tastes I added that sort of thing so that's been kind of like who I am um my my history with um Allison Rosen's new best friend is her podcast was actually one of the first podcasts that I listened to um I I'd have to I can't remember the year but I want to say maybe 2014 or 15 it was it was shortly after like the um the Thursday gang started with um Jenna and Al and uh Greg Heller and all of them. Um and I don't know how I got into it, but it just like it it was just like it just kind of happened and I really enjoyed it. Um that was there you know, that was like I said, one of the first that I ever listened to and I'm, and I just never stopped, you know, listening to it. And I've actually, um, actually like found out about a, a lot of really cool other people because of the show, you know, especially, um, on her Monday episodes when she's, you know, interviewing people one-on-one, -on -one. uh, that really helped in the recent years, you know, uh, once I started sort of uh, focusing on my, uh, like my mental health and stuff, hearing about other people in entertainment sort of struggles with that um, really kind of helped, you know. So plus everything is kind of funny, you know, and everything's really funny. And 
I got a lot of the drops that they always play stuck in my head still. You know, I can't, I can't, like, anybody that, uh, if you even bring up an avocado now, I just think <laughs> Greg Heller. Like, full of avocados. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, like, that's my history with the podcast. Perfect. So, well, how did you first hear of her, though? I don't, okay, this, this is the thing. I don't, I don't know if it, okay, I might have, okay, I might have, like, reached out on Facebook asking for recommendations and someone made up say it, but then here, here's the, here's the other thing though. Um, uh, I can't remember which way it went, but the, the other podcast, um, you know, the other podcast, uh, please advise with, yeah. uh, yeah. Um, I can't remember if Molly was on Allison Rosen's podcast or somehow Allison was on her podcast but I started listening to them both at the same time because of one of one another, you know. Okay. So it was something about that time. But I, or maybe I, I have no idea how how I tripped up on those podcasts. But um, it might have been just someone mentioning one of those, and then I got a, I started listening to the other one because of the other one. Oh, perfect. so I think that's how that. Yeah, that works, and. Uh... We talked about this before we started recording, but I was looking through your podcast and like uh, you have a lot of great like guests like uh, from the hip hop world. Like you have DJ Newmark from uh, Jurassic Five and Big yeah. Blue from Little Brother, and uh, and also I think you had a like Jack White's drummer. Oh yeah, a lot of great guests. Uh, I'm not big into wrestling anymore, but I know you. That's like really one of your main focuses. So yeah, if anyone. It sounds really interesting. So if anyone's into pretty much anything uh, or something from like the Detroit, like a lot of indie bands from like the Detroit music area, seems like uh, it'd be perfect for someone like that. Right. Yeah. I um As much as like I kind of get try to interview people from everywhere, I'm also going to always instill like people from home into the podcast. I'm, I always want because th this pot my podcast is basically just is me, you know, my interest so I still want to have like a strong Detroit vibe into it all, you know, but, um, yeah, you can always, I, I've had a lot of comic book people on my podcast recently and they've been really awesome to talk to also. So yeah, it's cool. If you want to like, if you like weird pop culture types of stuff, comic books, wrestling, music and everything, but I it's, it's a really fun listen and it's, I'm not, a, I'm not a critic at all. So we're, I'm always talking about, thinking about lessons and talking about how people got through their struggles or their accomplishments. Like I always like asking the question, why, why about this? Why about that? You know? So that's, you know, and I, and I feel like to kind of, you know, bring it all around, you know, being that, um, Alison Rosen was one of the first podcasts that I, um, listened to. She was very influential into how I do my interviews um, I, you know, I really did look up to her, you know, along with other, a few other people about how to do, um, how to do interviews. Um, because I was just all, before I was just sort of, um, doing interviews to write an article. So I could just go through these bullet points, blah, 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 get my, um, get my quotes and be done in like 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Um, 
but when you're doing a podcast, and this was something that I wanted to do more than just do these little quickie ten minutes things, is that you know you have to you know build build a rapport and go through like go through this sort of ebb and flow of somebody's life, you know, or the projects they're working on. And I always liked the way she did it, you know. So she was she was really big influence on um how I do my my interviews with people. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I'm curious, have you ever, uh, are you aware of Daniel's graphic novel that he uh, wrote back in the day? No, but I, I, I think I've heard him, heard him talk about it at times, but no, I never, um, I never actually uh, read it or anything. Oh yeah, we should, uh, we, so I bought a copy of it on eBay, uh, and it's actually really good, uh. I think it ends a little abruptly, if I remember correctly. But uh, I think overall it's really good. And uh, it turns out the guy who was, like, the – I guess the guy who, like, commissioned it because he – I guess he didn't, like, draw or write or anything, but he wanted to make, like, a graphic novel. So he, like, hired people to write it and people to draw it for him. And uh, it turns out he was crazy. So (laughs) uh, Google that uh, story in your own time. But uh, I think – if Ray can bring it uh, down to Orange County with him, then we can. Uh, we're circulating it between all of us, so we could probably send it your way, so you could have a look at it. But I, I think it was actually a really good uh, writing on his part. Nice, nice. So we, today we will be talking about the Monday episode. Emily Heller can only be honest. And the Thursday episode, Beef Stroganoff, Miss Sue from Alabama, Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, but before we get into that, do you have any shout outs? Shout outs. Oh man. I, I'm, I, I don't, I don't know if I have any shout outs, man. I don't really like shout out people. I, I'm never in this. I, I, I I'm, I'm never the one that's being interviewed. So I, <laughs> I don't even know if I would shout out anybody, man. Like, uh, yeah. Shout out D- D- Detroit, man. Detroit, <laughs> shout out Detroit, eight mile, eight mile, son. Yeah, everybody in the 313, uh, put your motherfucking hands up and follow Hell uh, <laughs> Eight miles. So uh, I've got uh, quite a lot of shout-outs here from Lisa. She could not be on the show, but uh, I guess I will play this for you, hopefully. Let's see. Shout-out to Brittany. Thank you for an amazing time in Memphis. I miss you already. Shout-out to Lil Ricky for running the show last week at a moment's notice with my chicken scratch notes and did a bang-up job. Shout out to Superfan Megan, also known as Fast Fingers McGee. I wish I had the chance to catch up with you, especially since you won't be at the group recording straight mouthed face with one raised eyebrow. I enjoyed hearing about your quickie. Definitely learned something about lesbian sex, so thank you. Shout out to Trice. Bummed I didn't get to catch up with you, but at least you will be at the group recording winking face. I wanted to thank you for the comment you left on my Instagram photo of what looked like possibly pee in a plastic bottle the entire trip. Brittany and I kept saying quick question before everything we said and proceeded to die laughing. Also, my huge vagina thanks you all for the shout out on last week's show. Shout out to DR, Jen. Hope everything goes smoothly for you. Shout out to the new guy on tonight and a second shout out to Rafi for covering a second time. As I lost my voice. Hopefully my voice will be back by next weekend when we have our group recording at my house. If anyone else wants to join us for the Allison weekend or it's March 9th, 11th in Orange. Just contact me and get added to the private message on Facebook for details. I can't wait to see you all soon. 
Shout out to Allison Rosen for asking all my questions last week and for having a baby. Lastly, shout to you, the BFFs, listening right now. You're the best. Yeah, that was uh, quite a lot of shout outs. And uh, yeah, if that didn't entice you to uh, go and listen to our last week's Uh-oh. episode or just our episodes in general, I, I don't know what will. Yeah, she, she seems to uh, be leading an interesting life. Um <laughs> Um, uh, very much so. Right, you know, I, I don't know what uh, I don't know what her vagina is going to be doing next week um, at your party, but uh, be on the lookout for it, you know. Uh, <laughs> we're on the lookout, all right. Yeah, watch out for her vagina. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, <laughs> I would like to uh, just send a shout out to uh, Tamara uh, Anonymous, Whitney Chandler, Lauren Kelly another anonymous person, Rachel Phillips and Ulysses Atkins and uh, everyone who retweeted my pin tweet. Thank you very much. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into the actual show. Uh, Emily Heller is a stand-up comedian and writer for Barry and other TV shows. Uh, I I know her face uh, from Twitter, and I feel like I... I'm uh, familiar with her from there, but not too familiar with her work. Uh, have you heard of Emily Heller before? No, th- no. Uh, th- the show was like the first time I ever heard of her, but she definitely, I like her, man. She's a cool chick. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so she <laughs> she mentioned that her hair is uh, curly right now, uh, which uh, I'm not so concerned with her hair, but it turns out that Tony Thaxton, a uh, guest producer, played the gal chat drop. And so this made me think that when if Jeff is not available, uh, we need someone who can uh, really fill that role. And so far, Tony's been doing a great job, but I wish he would uh, talk a bit more during the shows. And also, if he has the capability to play drops, uh, what's he waiting for? Right. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know if he. I think. I think he has. I don't know if he has all the drops. Um, but, um, maybe he's just not organized with it yet. You know, he's still getting a feel for it all and everything. Um, but I, I'm not sure if he has all the drops. Cause I think there, she made a mention. She's like, do you have that drop? Like, and he's like, oh yeah, he does. All right. So maybe just like, maybe he's still, you know, getting, getting acclimated to it all. You know how things run and everything, but yeah, he needs to loosen up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but. I mean, overall, doing a great job, but I, I, yeah, I need those drops played, uh, especially on the, on uh, Thursdays. Well, I know Jeff tries to be there for the Thursdays, but you know, like sometimes I guess he, he's just not available. And I think if if Tony's there, we need everything from the Daniel drops to to the regular show drops. Well, I think on the Thursday, I think sometimes he's there, but he has to dip out a little bit so he gets everything set up, and then he dips out or something. Yeah, because he's there at the beginning, I think sometimes, but then he's not there at the end. So, <laughs> and, yeah, so I think he just has to dip out early. He gets everything set up and he's like, "Yo, all right, everything's cool. I got to dip." Yeah, well, I think uh, next time we see Allison, we're gonna have to try to twist her arm and to tell us where he's running off to because I think he has a secret job, and I'm pretty sure he's like uh, doing the sound for porn is what my best guess. Is. <laughs> hey 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 i'm all hey i'm all for sex work you know it's a job's a job sex work is a job so 
shout out to all my sex workers out there. I'm behind you 100%. Not literally, though. Not literally. I'm not, I'm not behind you, behind you. But I'm behind you in a figurative way. A job. Sex work is a job, so nobody out there talks shit about sex workers. For sure. It's a job. Uh, not not speaking of that, <laughs> uh, Emily was talking about her uh, weight and having a joke about it in her act, and people assuming that it's self-deprecating. Uh, I thought that was really interesting that she said that the late night uh, James Corden's show, people wanted her to like change this joke or something, or not say it because uh, it came off as self-deprecating. Uh, yeah, I, I imagine that's really frustrating if you're a stand-up where you know pretty much everything especially for emily she seems to think that the importance uh she knows the importance of being honest in her comedy right and having people trying to kind of censor you in that way i think with like whenever you're on one of those those um late night shows it's always difficult for any comedian because they have to they have to do a tight like four minutes or three minutes or they're told to do a tight six minutes, but at last minute, they got to do a tight four minutes. And they're just picking apart everything in regards to what they have to do on those uh, late night shows. So it's probably just hard to begin with. But then when they're telling, like, literally picking apart your actual content and when you're trying to be just honest, you know, then I guess that, that could be a bit frustrating so, you know, I feel her on that, you know, she, you know, it, it's, it's, it's fine to, I don't think she would, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what the joke is, but I highly doubt it's intended to be self-deprecating. Um, but I know certain things can be perceived that way and it just, perception kind of sucks, you know, a lot of times, you know, perception usually isn't the truth, you know, so it, it, I, I bet it is pretty frustrating that she, you know, she had to take that joke out, you know, already probably being, you know, picked apart about her, you know, her time and everything anyways for that show. Yeah, I'm curious to listen to this and I'm going to try to listen to her uh, stand up album as well, which just the name pasta makes me <laughs> that just gets my attention already. Yeah, it makes you hungry. That's <laughs> uh she mentioned using ADHD to her advantage, and I think she said she was diagnosed uh, pretty recently here in her life. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that she said that she was using – she's kind of using ADHD as, like, her superpower, it seems. Yeah. Like, she, she'll hyper-focus on certain things, but she's using that to her advantage in her career. And I'm curious, uh, you did mention that on Twitter – you uh, tweeted to Allison and Emily that you wanted to uh, – you took some notes about this for your therapist? Yeah. Um, yeah. What she was – you know, she was, you know, dropping some really good knowledge about that. Like when you're um, – when you really have ADHD, um, especially, you know, when you're um, – and it can be different for an adult woman, but you can really hyper-focus on things, but – also be super distracted and um this, this is what this is the notes that i literally took and i was literally reading these to my um my psychiatrist today i was and she was talking about how she would take on a project 
but then none of take on all these projects, but none of them were happening would end up happening. Then she would start beating herself up about not being able to change this way that she felt in regards to, you know, nothing happening, you know, and she wanted to change the way that she acted in these ways. And the thing that really hit me, I was like, Oh, I had to, I had to rewind it and take notes. I was like, she talked about having all this ambition to do these projects but not being able to pursue them for whatever reason and not understanding why and it really making her hate herself for it, you know? And, um, it's, if you can, and this is the thing that, um, if you can have, have that sort of, um, hyperactive sort of focus on something, but it also aligns to something that you want to do, then that's like where you can use like use it to your advantage. But um what also happens and what I'm 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 feeling like I'm experiencing is that I'll have like that focus on something, but it'll be something that I don't really want to do. It'll be something that I I enjoy doing, but I don't necessarily have to do it. But the stuff that the projects that I want to work on, like I'll have trouble like getting the ball rolling. I'll only be like, I can only like, and I like found myself that like I can do stuff that already has rules and a process laid out, whether it's my, like I can do my podcast because I definitely have a process laid out by now, but there's other things that I want to do. Um, whether it's getting back into DJing or doing collage art or other things that I'm having trouble doing because I'm distracted <laughs> like instantly and I don't know why you know so her you know her she said that she was like um, diagnosed when she was like 31 32 and I a lot of times when you you, you think of ADHD you, you're hearing it with kids and a lot of times it's it's kind of misdiagnosed it just it's something else but they just want to easily you know throw some pills at some kids about it but I think if, um, but in a lot of times you grow out of it by the time you're adult. But if like you're, if you're having those sort of symptoms as an adult, um, I think it's very, um, it, it's good to pursue that and see if that's something that is actually truly happening. And I always kind of thought about it in the back of my mind. And even my psychiatrist kind of kept that in the back of her mind also. And, once I heard her description of it, it made me be able to sort of break down what I was going through a little bit better and understand some things that have been happening um, in my life. So I really, you know, it, it was, it was very, I was very thankful to be able to listen to that interview and that, that part of the interview with her breaking down her, you know, how she, you know, got diagnosed with ADHD and how she used it and how she's been able to deal with it, you know? So kind of open up, open, open my eyes to a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm currently, I, I don't think I have ADHD, but, uh, I know I currently am struggling with, uh, all the projects that I want to do or already are in progress. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lack the motivation to, continue working on these things and yeah it's it's difficult right but, uh yeah just gotta 
I guess, power through that. Uh, so she used to work at a comedy club, and she would watch comedians. And when she would eventually meet them in real life, uh, she would like go up to them and say, like, hey, I know you. You don't know me, but I know you. And uh, I wrote that down because I that's very similar to what I do on this show is like i like with you oh yeah i'll see people on twitter who like interact with allison frequently and then i start to like i know that like avatar of theirs or whatever and then i'll eventually ask them to be on the show <laughs> and be rejected uh, <laughs> but dude that's uh, my life too know. man what you're saying right now what she said that's my life too that's been my life for i don't know like 15 years or something <laughs> Yeah, I I imagine, uh, especially if it's your job, having to interview people, that's that's got to be rough. But yeah, I'm I'm glad you said yes to our show. Right, it, it sounded fun. I'm like, oh, we're gonna talk about one of my weird fandoms. All right, <laughs> you want another <laughs> podcast and talk about one of my weird fandoms? Okay, sweet. All right, that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So she also recently got married uh, about a year ago, she said, and they had a 10-day engagement, which uh, is a little on the short side. Ooh. But I like I like how she – the the kind of casualness that they, they went about their whole wedding. Like they went to a just like a grocery store to get the cake, and it just said wedding. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Uh, the fact that she, she said she wore like a jumpsuit. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I see. I'm a, I'm totally a fan of like a laid back wedding. You know, I don't know if I'll ever get married or whatever, but like these weddings that are like super extravagant and everything, I'm like, yo, nah, this is too much, man. I think the the best wedding reception I've ever been to it was my dad's best friend's daughter, and I think they got. Like, they got married maybe in another country, I think, but they came back to Michigan, and they had, like, they just had, like, a big tent set up in the backyard, and then just had, like, catered food, but you could just come dress as you are. It wasn't, like, a big fancy dinner. It was just, like, it was, like, it was, like, um a buffet style. Just go grab whatever you want, you know? Super laid back. You know, that's, that's what I like, man. Don't, like... All this fancy, smanchy, like, wedding stuff, it's, like, too much, man. And uh, uh, so I like the simplicity of what she did. Yeah, I think uh, Allison was talking about how people, like, were kind of beating, like, beating into her, like, this is your day. I think for a lot of people, I guess just, like, the – what we think of is, like, what your wedding's supposed to be. Like, like I guess – Maybe like media like gives us this idea that it's like it's like a princess's wedding. Right. Like, it's got to be huge and like super formal. And don't get me wrong, like I love that. Like I love going to a wedding and like dressing up in my suit and whatnot. But also, this sounded this just sounded really cool. It was like very casual and just yeah. more fun. You know what's weird about weddings is that you have one faction of people that will tell the the husband or the the wife the the bride and groom that this is your day but then you'll have a whole other faction of people saying that a wedding's for everybody else and i'm like dude this is just weird yeah well what well what emily said which i thought also was very interesting and uh, she claims it's not her idea but 
Uh, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone talk about this before, but she said that marriages should be something that we have to renew every now and then. That's a good idea. I like that. You know, just like, hey, every seven years or whatever, you know, have a discussion. Do you want to still be in this? Yeah. All right. Let's go renew our wedding, you know. You want to be in this? Nah. We should just probably move on. Cool, man. Like, all right, let's go. I mean, that's a good idea, I think. Yeah, I mean, we we got to renew our driver's license. We got to right. We got to renew everything, everything else, man. So yeah. yeah so uh, till death do you then. part. Like, no, come <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, it it probably has like something to do with religion. I think that's why we're not uh, doing probably it, but there's I, some probably stupid thing in Catholicism or whatever. You know, <laughs> but maybe in like. In like 50 or 100 years, maybe we can get to that point. Remember when um, uh, Jack White got divorced from uh, um, Karen Ellison? They had a divorce party. To uh, they, they were just like, hey, um, they, they were very amicable about their uh, – they were like, okay, this is, you know, this is done, whatever. And they had a divorce party, and they had invited people, and they celebrated – just the end of this marriage that they had. It was, they just, you know, it was a positive thing, you know? So yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. I like, like so many times uh, a relationship ends and it doesn't have to be like acrimonious. Like you could just, it could just be like, yeah, we tried it. It, it, it's not going to work. It's not for us or whatever. And we can all move on. Like imagine if your first job or whatever, like, like imagine if you were signing up, like signing the contract at your job and it said until you die, like you would really second guess. Your <laughs> job, right? like the fact that we can leave whenever, whenever we want is, is really appealing. And, and just think about in your life, how many people come and go in your life that when you think about it, they're in your life at a particular time for a reason. And it was a good time, but they moved on to a moved into another direction you moved into another direction, and there was no, there was no hard feelings. You guys just drifted apart. But that time you had together was great, you know. And you and that person was important to you during that time. Why is marriage different? If uh, if you got a prenup, I think you should just uh, add that in there every you know five ten years. Uh, we're gonna check in on this thing and right. And uh, you know, it's like it's like the submarine. Like you both got to turn the key. To launch the nuke? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> launch that nuke. <laughs> they did the How Dare You segment, and uh, they got into quite a few things. Emily's pretty honest, but one thing that drives me crazy is that no one will answer the Who is Horrible question. Oh, yeah, that's 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 a tough one because it it's – you still got – you can't burn too many bridges, you know. In the, I mean, I, I'm assuming there might be people out there that might actually answer that question, but for the most part, it's not really like that important to burn that you know those bridges. You know, you got to pick your you got to pick your uh, your battles, and if you don't need to like if you don't need to say some say something bad about someone, then like what's the point? You know. And if you and if if you do need to say something bad about about someone, are you gonna really wait until 
a segment on a podcast to say something. <laughs> 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 like, if you real, if you if you if you got to talk about someone being a uh, a sexual predator, you're not gonna wait to a a, seg- a segment on a podcast to to let that one out. You know, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna wait until Allison Roseman, Rosen asks me about who who some shitty people for me to tell that uh, so and so over there uh, sexually assaulted me. He yeah, he's an asshole. <laughs> but at least we know uh, which of these questions uh, will actually get the "how dare you" reaction because apparently no one no one's gonna answer that. But yeah, I agree. There's there's no reason to you know throw anyone under the bus. But I wish some of these people would just give us a good answer. I mean, look, okay, look. Out there, you got you got two, you 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 kind of got two different sort of bad people. You got the you know the R. Kellys of the world, you know. Um, you got the the Harvey Weinstein's of the world. You know those guys are awful people. But then you just got people who are just assholes. They're they're for the most part they're good people. They, they might just be tough to work with or an asshole, you know? Maybe those people can be outed a little bit. But for the most part, you don't need to throw anybody on the bus. Unless they're truly horrible, evil people. And like I said, you don't need to wait for a segment of the podcast to, uh, on a podcast to really out that, you know? That, maybe the, maybe the main interview of the podcast, you can out them. But, <laughs> but, but not like some segment on a, on a, some other segment on a podcast to out somebody, you know? So, but, you know, maybe somebody will finally like, you know, let some names fly in the future. Yeah, uh, one thing we did learn, or, well, I guess, I know I already knew this, but uh, she mentioned that Anthony Jeselnik, uh, someone with a, like, a very aggressive persona, let's yeah. say, uh, she said uh, he's a secret sweetie, which I am definitely taking for my AKA. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm going to write that one down. Uh, did you have uh, anything else for the Monday episode? Um... But that's about it for the the Monday episode, from what I remember. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I liked I liked her. She was a cool she was a cool woman. It was a very interesting interview. And like I said, I got a lot of like her her talk about the ADHD that really resonated with me. So I'm glad I'm glad she talked about that. Yeah, great show overall. Uh, let's move on to the Thursday show. We were her little X-rated candy hearts sent in by our BFF, Claire, on Patreon. Patreon. (laughs) Okay, so I don't want to take anything away from Claire's uh, carb being picked finally, but last week, didn't we get little conversation hearts or the week before that? It was something like that. Yeah, I think. it was. I forget what it was, but... But... These are X-rated hearts, so I will. Uh, I'll let it. I'll let it yeah. go. Yeah, judges, uh, I'll, they'll allow. They'll allow it. <laughs> they'll allow it. Yeah. Um. So they mentioned that Allison has uh, underwear and whatnot, uh, <laughs> or just clothes on a drying rack. Yeah, and... she talks about it every week now. Like <laughs> her. <laughs> yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, well, for one, I think she she should just kind of keep the underwear hidden. But I I took offense to something that she said. She said it's like something you see in a Colorado restaurant. 
on a wall or something. And being from Colorado, uh, I take offense to that. I go to many a restaurant around here, and I don't think I've ever seen a pair of underwear on the on the wall. I think she's thinking of like a TGI Fridays or something, which is definitely not a Colorado restaurant. I haven't seen it. Well, I, I've never seen underwear on a wall, like at a eating establishment. Like, I don't even think I've seen underwear at a wall in a in a strip club. I just see the underwear like on the strippers, but. Well, you bring up uh, an interesting uh, thing here. What are Detroit strip clubs like? Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> this is fun right here. Okay, most people, most people, when they hear the, um, hear Eight Mile, they think of the, the Eminem movie. Um, you know, they think about anything that was in that movie. Well, this is a fun fact, you know, you, the actual, cause I lived right off of eight, I grew up right off of eight mile. Um, it's right on the Detroit Warren, Michigan border and eight mile spans a long way, you know, the whole Northern Detroit border and then the, the cities next to it, you know? So I don't even know the length, but it's like almost half the state basically is eight mile. This is how, through that whole stretch, every couple miles, there's a strip club on eight mile, every few miles, um, maybe every, every, maybe every five miles or so, five, every five to 10 miles, maybe even less than that. There's a strip club, there's strip clubs in, on eight mile. Then there's, there's strip clubs elsewhere, like in the city, but for the most, most part, everything that's on eight mile and in the city it's um mostly just rap music is played and for some reason rap music and like like rap rap music like these days like Gucci Mane and Future and all that type of stuff a lot of the like um like rap music sounds better at a strip club than <laughs> anywhere else you know um it's not really the rap music that i like the hip hop stuff but it, like I said, it, it, it fits in a Detroit strip club. Um, maybe the quality of women, it all depends on, you know, when you go. That, uh, that Tuesday afternoon, ooh, that Tuesday afternoon set of women, um, uh, not the A team. No, definitely not the A team. Yeah. I don't even know. It, you know, it depends on where you go. Um, there's some strip clubs. I don't even think they have an A team. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all reject. <laughs> it's all like you're like woo, all right. But um, it's like yeah, it's just we have a lot of strip clubs, and you wouldn't like I've like you wouldn't say any of them are really classy, you know. <laughs> like I went down to Dayton, Ohio, one time to uh, for a wrestling event. And I went to a strip club down there called the, it was called the Harem, and that place was totally different. It was actually pretty classy. Uh, they played a whole like they played a lot of different music, um, and it was it was, it was, it was all the women were nice. They were uh, a lot of the women were coming from Cincinnati to uh, work there, and um, it was kind of nice. But I was like, whoa, this is totally different than Detroit strip clubs. Um, but yeah, but every once in a while at some of the strip clubs here in Detroit, you'll 
Like there, there's strippers that tour. Like, I don't know if you know that there's dancers that actually tour and they'll uh, go out of town to different strip clubs. Like those women that like are, those are athletes, man. Like <laughs> I remember seeing this one chick, man. She was like Spider-Man or like Spider-Woman, man. She was just climbing up the pole and the rafters and hanging from the rafters upside down. I'm just sitting there in awe, man. I'm not even like, I wasn't even, I I wasn't even being, I I was being impressed more than turned on. I was like, damn, like she like Spider-Man up in this bitch. I'm like, oh, look at this. But, um. Yeah, for the most part, man, you you gotta when you when you go to a strip club in Detroit, you have to kind of have like an open mind and kind of have a little bit of uh, low expectations. It, it's fun, you know, and you might be able to get a nice, um, you know, might, might might be able to get a nice, you know, set of ribs there to eat. Also, but <laughs> I don't know if you want to eat at a strip club, but um. Yeah, but no, like I said earlier, man, I'm behind, you know, any type of sex work. You know, these are all like, you know, ladies who are just trying to make a buck, you know, feed their uh, families, you know, possibly go through, uh, you know, get through college. And uh, so I'm definitely behind what they do. But, you know, you still have to have have an open mind about, you know, the quality of of dancers that you're going to see here in Detroit. Yeah, it sounds like uh, 8 Mile is similar to uh, a street here in Colorado called Colfax. It's like, I think it's like the longest, like, continuous street, I want to say, possibly in the U.S., but for sure in Colorado, it's like the longest street. And, like, so obviously there's, like, a lot of different areas of it. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, RIP to Saturday's uh, club that got shut down on Colfax, but... Uh, it sounds like that's uh, pretty similar to uh And that's what the about. thing about uh, strip clubs. One last thing. Okay. Here, you know, um, here in – like, okay, in Ohio, right at the top of northern Ohio, there's a city called Toledo. And it's basically on the Michigan border. Um, the Toledo Mudhens baseball team, minor league baseball team, is the farm system for the Detroit Tigers. Toledo should basically be a Michigan city, but it's in Ohio. There was one time I went to, um, I went to go see a band play in uh, Toledo on a Sunday night. And the only other things open on a Sunday night, like this is like past like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock were strip clubs in Toledo. And, like everything else is dead. Everything's closed. There's nobody on the streets except for where there's like, like titty bars and like these, but all these titty bars would be like in, they would be like in strip malls. Like there'd be other things going on, like other types of, so like they had the big parking lots and there'd be like strip mall and there'd be like, like these like titty bars. And I'm just like, this is really weird. And then the weirdest thing is like there's this one there's this one street that was kind of off the beaten path in Toledo. And this is this is Sunday night about midnight and there's a just by itself kind of out in the middle of like a little off beaten path. There's an adult bookstore open on a Sunday night like at midnight. And there's like people there and I'm like 
who are these people that can't wait till normal business hours on a Monday to go to the adult bookshop? You know, this is freaking weird. Yeah, I think uh, they're probably, I mean, hopefully they're at their jobs, but <laughs> who knows? The hours uh, for adult bookstores, that's interesting. <laughs> really weird. I'm like, this is weird, man. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, of that, Daniel made a joke in the intro about beef stroganoff. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> it seems like uh, no one was a fan of this intro, but uh, I thought it was uh, pretty funny. Oh, dude, a, a good beef stroganoff joke is very... <laughs> It's very hilarious, and um, yeah, I, I I I'll always laugh at that. You know, I di- I didn't know. Okay, I didn't really I didn't really catch it at first when he said it, but then when they referenced it after it was done, then I was like, oh, that was a beef stroganoff joke. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was gonna tweet this to him, uh, but I'm trying to be off of Twitter. But uh, the kid Marrow. Uh, has used this many a time and so i gotta go back and find all the tweets where he says beef stroganoff or stroganoff uh and show daniel that great minds think alike uh but i just thought it was funny how like much allison like seemed to hate this joke <laughs> oh, dude. i thought that was funny yes dude she hated that joke i'm like <laughs> and and um but uh what when they started talking about like the actual joke and like, um, like I think it was, yeah, it was it was David Huntsberger. He was kind of talking about it like, like when you're kids and kind of telling that joke. It was like, do you like be stroganoff? Yeah, oh <laughs> yeah, stroganoff. I'm like, I started laughing so hard about that. I don't know why, but when he was talking about like being a kid and telling that joke, I I was like. <laughs> Yeah, that that that's the type of stuff that happened when we were kids, you know, you know, yeah, you know, I those all stupid jokes. Like, you know, if your if your uncle Jack was stuck on a roof, would you help your uncle Jack off? Jokes <laughs> 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 like that, but um, yeah, that I I, I like a good beef stroking off uh, beef stroking off joke though. I'm I, I'm. I have that sort of sense of humor where I laughed at that. Same here. Uh, and then they this led into talk of, like, rhyming. Uh, I forget what it was. Like, I guess, like, a patty cake type game rhymes or something. Oh, yeah. Like, how, like, how, do, like, all those sort of rhymes that, like, the kids would say back in the day when, like, how did those, where did those originate and how did they spread so quickly? Like, how do kids ever know about those, you know? It was just like, like, I would go to school and people started saying things. I'm like, how did, you're, we're kids. Like, where did you hear all that stuff from? Like, like, I don't, I don't know if any of that stuff was on TV or at all. Like, I don't know where you learn. I don't know where, like, a lot of times I never understood where kids learned stuff. Like, how do kids learn what is cool, you know, fashion wise? Like, <laughs> I, like I remember in sixth grade, like Fila shoes would be were like the cool things to wear. Like who decided that shit? What's yeah. you're in sixth grade? Who decides that crap? Where did you hear that 
Fila shoes are the cool things to wear, man. Like, so I, I totally resonated where they're talking about all that, like how that sort of, like, wh- where does all that stuff come from? Like, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I remember when I was a little kid and I, I don't think I like had ever heard it anywhere, but I was like, how does every kid know, uh, the jingle bells batman smells like that whole thing i was like who like no one's singing this to me you know like where did i learn this i think that actually happened on the simpsons actually yeah i think it was in the simpsons that was a thing i think but, that came from the simpsons but i don't know so i don't know if it i don't know if it it uh it, it uh existed before the simpsons or not but i know it happened on the simpsons right so what i'm thinking is either you know, these things are, like, on, and we just don't remember seeing them. Right. But that still doesn't explain the Inca Dinka bottle of ink thing. Right. But then again, uh, that was in an episode of Seinfeld, and that's the only place that I know it from. Yeah. There, there's just some things that in this world that, like, exist, and you don't know where the origin, like, I think, I think the modern-day thing of things that, exist but we don't really know the origin the person who actually made it are memes like memes belong to the universe and they just exist nobody knows who made a meme of anything they just kind of exist so i think it's kind of like that right and uh well i thought it was uh funny that renee's nephew got her with the uh under there and she said under (laughs) that Uh, that was a good one (laughs) that that reminded me of uh one time like probably like a like a five-year-old girl got me real good because uh she said i bet i can get you to say white and i was like okay whatever not you, you can't do that i'm like super smart and then she was like, uh, you know, what color is this thing? And I would say, yeah, it's that color. What color is that thing? Whatever. What color is that? Uh, it's black. And then she's like, I told you I could get you to say black. I said, no, you said white. And I was like, shit. <laughs> ah, she got me real good on that one. That's a good one. <laughs> like, like, I was like, like really for like, I, like, I still think about it and I'm like, God damn, she like really outwitted me quite easily. <laughs> like she scarred you, man. She scarred you for life. With that one. Yeah. Another thing that I found interesting is that David mentioned the origins of country music uh, were kind of similar where, well, he said Y.A. Carter, but of course anyone who knows country knows that's A.P. Carter, uh, would go door to door and like collect songs from people. Right. Uh, are you familiar with the Carter family at all, or kind of? But like, I never heard of, I never actually heard about that origin. So that was kind of uh, that was very interesting. That and actually, that's kind of like a smart thing to do, you know. Um, like, you're, it's during a like previous like centuries, you know, things were always sort of passed down through spoken word and drawings and stuff like that. So things would always like, you know, it, it would get changed along the way. That was always sort of. I mean, we're in a, we're in a a society now where we can save things, like we can, you know, put them digitally in things. 
we can um, curate things. We can um, we can put things in boxes and make sure they don't rot and stuff. But um, in previous, you know, in previous centuries, you know, things, you know, things had to be, you know, passed down through word of mouth. You know, the elders told their children and whatnot, blah blah blah. So. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense that, you know, but, you know, cause, you know, song and, you know, words and stories and all, you know, that's always been around, you know, so the fact that he sort of honed in that, oh, all these people are going to have these songs, you know, and they'll probably be forgotten unless somebody does something with them, you know, that's, that's very ingenious. Uh, I, I know I'm going to, Add my favorite Carter family song. Uh, I'm thinking tonight of my blue eyes uh, somewhere in here. Um, they started reading a lot of questions from Patreon. So on, Patreon. The, Monday, <laughs> Patreon. on, the, on the Monday show and on the Thursday show, we didn't get any JMOs and we haven't, it seems like, for a while, which I'm, I'm liking the change of pace. Right. Uh, um, so the one of the questions that someone asked was, the difference between Puerto Rico's hospital food and American hospital food. <laughs> and this was something I was curious about as well, because I mean, like, do they have a cafeteria in the hospital or like, uh, you know, right. I, I'm like, I don't, I really don't know. I'm like, Oh I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of interested now, man. Like what, what, what do you get down in Puerto Rico when you're in the, in the hospital? Like some reason I, I, before I even answered, I'm like, it has to be better. Like it has to be better. <laughs> Like, I can just say, like, probably the crappiest Puerto Rican food down there is still probably better than food at an American hospital. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, all our all our hospital food is, like, for the most part, it's just, like, the same three big companies that just supply, you know, all the food for, like, schools, hospitals, prisons. Like, it's Ugh. all one company, unfortunately. Yeah, the... Uh, I bet like the worst, like the worst food in down, down in Puerto Rico, whatever that is, is still probably better than that shit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another question we got was about uh, favorite cartoons growing up. So I, you know, I think there's like too many to name for me. Ooh, yeah, I like uh, like that question. Yeah. So what were some of your faves growing up? Oh my, dude, <laughs> hands down, my favorite was Garfield and Friends. Like that, there's there wasn't even like that's number one my favorite cartoon. There's other cartoons that I, I watched, you know, the Looney Tunes and stuff like that. But Garfield was number one, still my favorite. You know, later on uh, when I was a teenager, definitely was Beavis and Butthead. Oh, yeah. I still reference Beavis and Butthead to this day. Um, but yeah, those were probably like my two favorites um i watched other ones too um like um i liked uh tiny tune adventures um um of course the looney tunes i what i loved about looney tunes when i was you know when i was a kid is like they still like they still showed the ones where like bugs bunny was fighting nazis (laughs) like i love that shit like like I don't, they need to bring that shit back, you know. I want to find, like, find out where those those ones are, man. Because they don't show those anymore. Like the ones that had hyper violence in them, man. Right. 
like they don't show those ones anymore. I don't know. I don't know what DVDs those are on like anymore or whatever. But I remember like Bugs Bunny fighting Nazis, man. Like those those are really good ones. Um, but um, you know, the, there's a few other ones that I I, I watched. Um, but Garfield was my favorite. And then when I was a teenager, Beavis and Butthead by far was my favorite. Okay, so I haven't even thought about this in a while, but we must be like pretty close in age because I also watched Garfield and Friends. Yeah, a lot. And in the middle, wasn't there like a like a farm cartoon? Yeah, U.S. Acres. It was. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that too. It was great. Um, I actually read it. There was because last year was um, the 40th birthday of, um, of for Garfield. So uh, Jim Davis was doing a little bit of a press run uh, for that, and he talked about um, that U.S. Acres cartoon. He um, like that U.S. Acres thing was just kind of like another thing that he wanted to do, you know, do something that was kind of really like Garfield was the the person that we all wanted. He he said all the things that we wanted to say, like. Mm-hmm all the grumpiness and everything. But U.S. Acres was kind of like, he wanted this other thing that was just really, like, really wholesome. And he wanted, he, but plus, he wanted to break up the, he wanted to break up the Gar, the on Garfield and Friends show because he didn't want to do a half hour of just Garfield. He felt that would be too hard to do. So he, um, he did the U.S. Acres thing in the middle just to sort of break up the mood throughout the show so that there would, that it wouldn't be so monotonous just being Garfield for a half hour. Because Garfield is, is pretty much a simple thing. Um, you know, send Odie to Abu Dhabi. Right, it's a simple a thing. the table, eat lasagna. <laughs> There's not a big storyline going on, so it's hard to stretch that out for um, for a half hour. So if you do two short segments of Garfield and then have this other thing in the middle, it sort of you know bre- you know it breaks the monotony of it all, and that's what he that's what he liked. Um, that's why he you know they did that did it that way. Yeah, that's wow. I I'm definitely going to be looking up uh, clips of that on YouTube. They started talking about imaginary friends. There was a question about that. <laughs> uh, you know, I never had an imaginary friend, but uh, I'm. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of concerned about Daniel because he had an imaginary mouse named Mousy that he would throw at the wall. That was – I don't – yeah, I don't know if that's – if that was like kind of scary thing to do or if that was very just therapeutic. Like I don't know. I don't know if that's like uh, – maybe, maybe, maybe it was a therapeutic thing to, for him to do, you know. Maybe we're – you know – Maybe it's not as scary as it sounds. <laughs> but the worst part about it, he said, "There's a whole bunch. There's a whole bunch of mousies in the uh, in the corner. <laughs> there's no blood or anything, but just a whole bunch of mousies in the corner." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah. This I I don't know why this whole thing just sounded really disturbing to me. It's very morbid. There's like it's very morbid. A I was pile of them. I was just like, Jesus, but." It would have been least... fine if he just said, you know, he threw a mousey. But when when he got to the thing when he said there's a whole pile of them, that's when it got a little weird, man. Like, ooh, like, oh, okay, he could have just said he threw a mousey. 
But I think the weirdness really hit when you said there's a whole pile of them. Like, but I guess, I guess on the other hand, at least you know he wasn't actually harming any real animals because I know I grew up uh, not in like I wouldn't say it was a particularly terrible area, but it wasn't the best area, and for sure there was animals like being harmed for real right uh in the neighborhood so at least it, it didn't go that far right 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 yeah i didn't have any i didn't have any uh imaginary <laughs> friends either as a kid um no nah, i i didn't i i liked i liked other things more you know i i i liked watching wrestling and i, I was big into sports like having like baseball cards and stuff like that. So I knew a lot about like sports. So like athletes, I guess were my friends. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think I might have to, uh, create, uh, an imaginary friend now because all my friends are dead. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, sure. I don't want to be your friend. Shit. <laughs> uh, so someone asked about what Daniel is listening to on his commute. Uh, I thought it was funny that he mentioned ministry, so I, I looked them up. And yes, it was, ministry, it was actually, yes. It was pretty good, uh, but not not exactly for me, but it was pretty good. He, he, uh, said, he said that when he was, like, on drugs for whatever. Um, for, like, a dentist or something? Yeah, that, that he picked up Enya in ministry, which was, <laughs> like, really weird. But, um, I, you know, I, I, I get, you know, I get why, you know, ministry might actually – be I mean okay they, okay there's scientific fact that heavy metal heavy music can be like calming so I guess that would be a, you know if you're a little high on Percocets you know in pain from some dentistry you know that hey maybe the maybe the ministry would you know go over pretty well with you yeah, I thought it was funny that his music choices were like just both ends of the spectrum. But I'm curious, uh, what are you currently listening to? Oh, dude, this is that's crazy. Like, okay, when I'm in my car, um, when I'm going to my day job, there's literally like, um, four podcasts that I wait for. Let's see, three, four. There's a few podcasts that I listen to on my way to work, and then finish up when I'm at work and one of them is well I do that's when I listen to Allison Rose and his new best friend is on the way to work and then I also listen to the childish podcast Allison's other one um on my way to work um so yeah that, that that's two podcasts and three okay and then the uh the fourth one would be um Greg Proop's uh podcast that's a good one to listen to on my way to work like, I don't want to listen to anything too heavy when I just wake up in the morning. So all those podcasts are really, they make me laugh or whatever. So the good ones to listen to on my way to work. Um, I, I'm still, I get a lot of like, like promos, like advances of albums and stuff being that I've been a music journalist for a while. So I listen to a lot of like that stuff when I'm in, uh, in the car. Also, um, there's this, uh, electronic music, uh, duo named Noisia. Uh, they do a lot of like, sort of like drum and bass type stuff. I listen to their weekly podcast, um, where they play a lot of music and half the stuff that they play, I actually get promos of too. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. Um, 
Um, yeah, I listen to a lot of different sort of music, whatever I'm on. I'm currently like just vibing on. It's, um, which is a lot of, it, it could be hip hop stuff. It could be, um, metal core, death metal. Um, it could be some J pop or K pop stuff. <laughs> it kind of goes all, everywhere, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I'd be listening to when I'm in the car. Definitely on the way to work and stuff coming home from work. But sometimes I just like silence also, especially when I get off of work. I'll just drive home in silence because I just need – I don't want to listen to anything. I don't want to listen to anybody talking. I don't want to listen to anything. I just want silence. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can't relate to that part that much. But, uh, yeah, I'm always usually listening to something. But, um, yeah, I don't know. As far as music, uh, right now I'm like in a weird – so I know I was uh, I've talked about on here that I've for this year I wanted to listen to all of the Rolling Stone 500 greatest albums of all time and I like hit a wall pretty early because like I've listened to like maybe 7 or 8 of them and I'm going from 500 down to 1 but I just the list was like making me angry like there's this there was this wilco album it's called like hotel foxtrot tango or something like that and i was just like listening to it and just getting i was just furious like this is the 500 greatest album this 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 no i was like this is garbage so i'm just like infuriated and i couldn't i couldn't do it anymore i couldn't do it to myself I was there was a couple good ones like I think number like four ninety eight is uh, the White Stripes uh, but like just and like there was like a BB King album that's really good but I just couldn't do it like there was like too many albums that like they're just not for me right like, I'm sure someone out there can enjoy them but I I just can do it to myself so right now I'm uh, I don't think I could have I, I could do that like go listen to a, a list like that no nah, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, it's so subjective that it, it it's it's really uh, tough to do. But we'll see if I uh, continue with that. Um, but uh, let's see. Uh, they talked about Daniel falling in love with Allison. And I thought this was just uh, interesting because <laughs> uh, I don't know if this person has ever been in love. But I don't think it just happens like that where, you know, you're just like – like bam yeah that's right that's, there that was that's it. that bullshit that they like have in movies but in real life it's a gradual thing you know like you don't get you don't just love at first sight whatever i don't, I don't know if that actually i mean anytime okay anytime in my life that i've just been struck with feelings for any woman woman i was totally wrong <laughs> <laughs> i was like no, this person is not in no way for me, you know. So if that happens for you, hey, maybe you just, you know, you just it's just luck. But, I, yeah, I don't think there's ever a moment when you're like, oh, um, I think there might be a moment when you finally come to, you're honest with yourself that you're in love with this per with, with a person. But you probably were already in love with them at that point, so yeah. I think there, yeah, there might be that moment. I think I think that's just human nature where you kind of there's a moment when you realize something's happening, 
not that that thing actually happened. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a Detroit strip club. It's love at first sight. Oh. But then, you know, when my paycheck runs out, you know, and I wake up and just realize, you know, no, they never loved me. Oh, yeah. Or if, yeah. Or just when the lights go on. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's what she looks like. Okay. Oh, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they... They also talked about uh, changing your life with someone else uh, and having to deal with all of their problems. That's deep. That was deep. Yeah. That was so deep. Like, like, yeah, like, we all, we, everything, you know, especially in this sort of digital age, like, everybody else, like, so many people's other, like, their lives look like it would be, like, easier to have their lives. But at the same time, you really don't know what's going on. Even if everything's laid out in the table, like that, uh, the, the sort of example that they gave, like that, that's almost like also their perceived, like problems, you know? It may, you know, maybe it's worse. Maybe it's not as bad. Maybe your problems are not as bad as you think they are, you know? So it, that, that's, it, it's always sort of like, best to be it's kind of like the devil what's the saying the devil you do know instead of the devil you don't know like you know dealing with your you know the problems that you're comfortable with you know will always sound less scary than somebody else's problems you know because you never know what's you know what's really you know big in there and there's so many different factors in that too you know it's like, you know, people's problems could be, you know, dependent on their their lifestyle or their sort of socioeconomic place in life, you know, their race, you know, what's – so it, it's very, you know, it's, it's understandable to like when it comes down to it and eh, just keep your own problems and try to figure it out, you know. Yeah, I thought that was uh, – they talked about a parable or a parabole, as Daniel put it. A parabole. Yeah, I know right now is like – honestly, it's a pretty depressing time over here in, uh, in my world. But uh, yeah, I when you think about it that way, having to deal with whatever someone else is dealing with, like of course you're going to – you're already used to your problems. So I guess it's easier in that way. But uh, yeah, something to, something to think about. Whenever you're uh, going through a tough time, did you uh, have anything else for the Thursday show? Did I? No, no. We talked about, um, you know, stroking off some beef um, <laughs> and um, some underwear, you know, and like, yeah, it was, you know, that's about it, you know. I don't think, like always, it was a funny show, you know, and. I'm glad uh, David Huntsberger is uh, feeling better after his uh, his little health scare. Yeah, good good to know that a uh, Hawaii curse is uh, starting to get a little weaker. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, uh, I think on that note, uh, that's a good place to end the show. Uh, if you want to be on the show, you can email bffancast at gmail dot com. You can follow Lisa at JMOs and BFFs. 
And Kelly, where can people find you and anything you want to plug? All right. You can always go to the, um, for the podcast, Fresh is the Word. You can always go to uh, Um All the episodes that are on there will have all the links to where you can um, follow me and the, the, the podcast and all the social media. And you can pretty much uh, listen to it and subscribe pretty much anywhere podcasts are streamed. You can uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at word, and on um, Facebook at facebook.com slash kfresh. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, I'll um, have some really cool guests coming up uh, from the worlds of comic books and music and wrestling. So, you know, go uh, – Go, you know, go give a you know listen you know just type in fresh is the word um even if you google fresh is the word the only other thing that's going to come up is like uh the old mantronic song which is like how i kind of got the name you know for it so it, it's pretty easy to find you know so uh yeah give a listen rate and review give a rate and review to this podcast also yeah uh i think we should uh send you a uh, invite to the bff group on uh, facebook but uh, uh yeah check that show out and uh as always hi Brittany, and we'll talk to you guys next week live from lisa's house oh man that sounds that sounds exciting i'm gonna have to tune in for that man tonics is the crew that you must have but please don't get concerned because although our songs are really hard we're really not here to burn. We're just here to rock this house. You see, we're perpetuating ease. Yes, to rock the vines and to prescribe some game for the ladies. Because, 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 because. Fresh is the word. Time to strike. And so sweet is the rap. I'm what I prescribe to for the people that you see the picture I do. Of all the blacks, all the weakest, and the white people too. See, my style is a real. Just like the unsealed. So explosive, so unnoticed. It's hard to consider. A dominant. In this farm, like the name in your place, we're cold crushed as ice. My tire than the fire, so hot can't stop. All the ladies, my desire for is them I adore. Put them a report from every angle I untangle. We're more in store, cause on the mic, I am controller.